Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Redemption Tempe podcast for Redemption Women. I'm Dina Rogers, and we are bringing you some excerpts from our October Gather event. We're going to do it in two parts. So today you're going to hear from Sandy Schrader. She spoke to us about Jesus as the one who intercedes for us. The volume might be a little low, so crank it up and have a listen. And we'll be back next time with part two. So excited to introduce Sandy Schrader to you. She's going to speak um, tonight very closely to where most of you probably are in your journal, Hebrews 7 and 8, Jesus as our intercessor. I just have met Sandy recently. Um, she goes to Redemption Gilbert. Her husband, um, Tom Schrader, was one of the founding pastors of Redemption, and I think you've probably heard Ricardo talk about him if you've been around um, this year. He passed away earlier this year. But Sandy has, um, from what I hear, is an amazing storyteller. From what I know, just from our conversations, loves Jesus, loves the word. And so let's just welcome her, and you can have the next half hour. Thank you. Thank you. It is really special for me to be here tonight. Um, I, uh, years ago, this was my home church, and so every time I come back on campus, I have lots of wonderful memories of being here, and um, I have to say, the vibe here is just super cool, super fun, so I feel like I'm a little bit trendier just because I'm here tonight. Um, so thank you all. Thank you all for having me. Thank you for being here, and um, let's just bow our heads in prayer as, before, as we get started. Dear God, um, I thank you for each one of these women here tonight. Um, God, uh, it is amazing, the blessings, the love, the mercy that you show us. And God, in our time tonight, would you help us draw closer to you as well as to each other? Um, I hope that my words uh, bring glory to you and encouragement and um, just open up eyes, hearts, and minds so that we are focused on you. We pray this in Jesus' name. So, uh, it was a normal Tuesday in July. Just a couple of months ago, I got up, as I do most mornings, and uh, went to the pool, started my exercising, and then rushed home from that, fired up my computer, grabbed my cup of coffee, and uh, sat down to get my work started. I work from my home while I'm here in Phoenix, and then uh, typically, three and a half days or so out of the week, I fly to Los Angeles, and I work in Los Angeles at Fuller Seminary. So on this particular morning, I was starting my day at home, and I had my suitcase packed because at about one o'clock, I was leaving for the airport to head over to Los Angeles. And um, I was on a video call, and so I'm meeting. Um, the meeting is going on, and I look over at my phone, and my daughter was calling me. And uh, my daughter's name is Angelina, and she, um, she lives in North Carolina. And on this particular day, she was in the latter part of her trip um, through the United States. And she was about a week from heading back home to North Carolina. So I wasn't surprised that she was calling me. She, was, um, she would check in with me pretty often. And so I picked up the phone after I got off my um, video call. And I said, hey, what's going on? And, and she said, mom. And I said, yeah. And she said, 
Mom, my car is dead. It doesn't work and it can't be fixed. Now, I don't know if you've gone out to your car and you start, you want to start the engine and it doesn't start, or perhaps you've had a breakdown someplace along the road. Well, those are all really bad things, right? For her, this particular day, she was in Duluth, Minnesota, 2,400 miles from home, and she didn't have any way to get home. And every contingency plan she made prior to this seven-week trip across the United States with her three dogs, oh, did I mention that? The dogs were with her too. Um, every contingency plan was based on the fact that she would be able to get into that car and drive, continue her road trip, drive home eventually. But she had been told just a few moments earlier that there was no way, zero, no way for her car to be fixed. So as she tells me this, I say, oh, but honey, it, it'll be okay. And as I say that, she says, I don't think so. And I said, but it will. Just think about this. Oh my gosh, God is so good. You're safe. You're in a hotel. You, the dogs are okay. It, you, you know, you had cell service. You can call me. This is all really good. And as I'm talking, the sobs are getting louder and louder and louder. Everything I'm saying, she is not buying. It does not matter what I have to say because this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to her. So then I go into more of the work mode of like, okay, I can figure this out. You know what? You just need a new car, right? Sounds simple, right? You just need a new car. Well, she's in Econo Lodge with her three dogs and her camping equipment and a car that does not work. So to go and look for a car, to go and car shop, I'm not even getting into the money part of it yet. But even to do that, she would have to leave the Econo Lodge. Have you ever been in an Econo Lodge? Not a place you want to go to. And she has the three dogs. So, so I say, well, do they have Uber in Duluth, Minnesota? And she's like, I think so. I think so. And I'm like, okay, well, let's figure this out. Like, if you take an Uber and go to the rental car place, then you can, you can rent a car. And she's like, but, but I don't think I can do this. And the more we're talking, the more she is sobbing. This has gone from crying to really, really ugly tears. And so finally, and why it took so long, I'm not quite sure, but finally it dawns on me that, oh my gosh, she needs me to be there for her. So I cringe because I look at my calendar, which Again, I'm supposed to leave for Los Angeles. I've got the next three days booked with meetings and whatnot. And I say to her in a really quiet voice, I say, do, do you need me to come to Duluth? And she said, would you? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness. I've never been to Duluth and not sure that I wanted to go to Duluth. But I did, I did, I went to Duluth. I, figured it all out, and we eventually purchased a car. Um, but I tell you that story because it is a, it, it, it reminds me of what Jesus does for us. 
in that moment for my daughter in Duluth, Minnesota, it, everything was so broken. Literally, her car was broken. And I'm on the phone telling her, but it'll be okay, honey. We'll just get, you just get another car and then you can go home, right? But between the brokenness of her experience and where she was at right there at that moment in time and where she needed to be on the road driving back home so that she could report back to work in a week, there was the Grand Canyon in her mind. There was a gap that she, in that moment, could not figure out how to fill. And by me stepping into that with her, I was able to intervene for her. I was able to be her advocate, to help her take the steps that she needed to take so that she could be on the road in a few days and be on her way back to work and back to home. So it, for me, it is that example of what Jesus does for us in our lives. Now, quite honestly, I, as a human and as a mother and raising my daughter, I went to Duluth and, I, you know, I mean, I'd love to get the Mother of the Year Award, not gonna happen, but, um, I went with an agenda. I went with the hurts, the whatever, the messiness of our relationship. And in those days that we were together, we had a fabulous time, but at the same time, we were cranky. It was, it was a difficult situation. I went into that as her intercessor, but not as a perfect, blameless, holy intercessor. I went in keeping count with an agenda, and yes, I helped her, but I'm nothing like Jesus when it comes to that. I intervened. I was the, the bridge of where she was and where she needed to be. But Jesus is the ultimate intercessor. Jesus is the one that does that for us in every aspect of our life. You see, we need him intercessing for us over and over and over again. Would she have made it through that without me? She absolutely would have. She's very resourceful. She does a great job. She would have figured it out. Would it have been hard? Absolutely. But right there in that moment, in that confusion and pain, she needed someone to step into it with her. Webster defines an intercessor as a person who intervenes or advocates on behalf of another, especially in prayer. On that days and the days that followed, I was her intercessor and I intervened and helped her find a car. But I was not the perfect intercessor and there is Jesus who is. There is someone who is our ultimate advocate and intercessor and he does it not expecting anything back. He doesn't even want the pat on the back or the thank you. What he wants is he wants you to draw close to him. He is Jesus. He's not imperfect like me. He is absolutely perfect, absolutely blameless. In Hebrews 7.26, Jesus meets our need 
because he is the only one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. You see, when I try and be an intercessor, I do it, as I said, with my agenda. I do it and I keep count. But he does it because he loves us. And that's it. He does it because you love him. He is your Lord and Savior. So not only does Jesus intercede for us, but he has done the ultimate for us. He came to this earth to die for us. He took the place for us on the cross. He is our Savior. He is our Messiah. He is our Counselor. And in Hebrews 7, 7.17, he is our priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And why is that important? That's important because he is from God. He's not from the human lineage of, of Levi. He came for us, fully man, fully God, to intervene on our behalf when we could not possibly do it on our own. Um, he, um, John 3.16, God sent his one and only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came not only to intercede for us, to intercede for us, but to die for our sins. So when you think of what Jesus has done for us, it is that of bridging the gap. He takes us in our sinful state, our brokenness, our messiness, our craziness, our sin, and he stands in that gap between us and our hot mess that we are and the one holy God, the creator of the universe. Jesus is there taking our sin allowing us to be reconciled to our holy God so that we can live a life abundantly full. Jesus came and his sole reason for coming was to do that for us. So unlike human priests, unlike intercessors like myself, he can do it ultimately for us because he is perfect and, home and, and holy. You see, when we intercess, we can help. We can stand in the gap for people, but we can't do what Jesus did for us. And because Jesus came as holy man and holy God, he knows our pain. He walked on the earth just like us. He knows our pain. He knows our betrayal. He knows our hurt. He knows our suffering. So as we pray to him, as we reach out to him, as we call out to him in our times of hurt, he knows what that is. And he is interceding for us every moment of every day. He understands you, he knows you, and he loves you just as you are. You see, in the Old Testament, in order for someone to approach the holy God, he or she had to come with sacrifices. They had to atone every, every, for every sin that they had. They had to bring sacrifices to atone for the sin that they just did. They had to then 
bring more sacrifices, do more atonement in order to approach the holy God. But with Jesus, when he took our sins to the cross, he took that, he did that atonement for us. He was the ultimate sacrifice for us so that we don't have to go by the old laws, the laws of bringing sacrifices, the laws of regulation. In 718, it says the former regulations are set aside because they were weak and useless for the law made nothing perfect. It didn't make any of those people in the Old Testament perfect. Jesus is perfect and he is the better hope. And because of him, we can draw near to God. He died so that we could live. He died so that he can intercede for us. And his, his death allows all of us to have atonement for our past, present, and future sin. We don't have to keep going back with more sacrifices. Jesus is the guarantor of a better covenant. He is the mediator and the bridge between us and God. He intercedes for us. He advocates for us. He mediates for us. And he loves us just as we are. He stands between our sin and, and the holy God. And he knows what we need even when we don't. I don't know if you're like me, but there are many days, many times when I sit down to pray and I don't have the words. I don't know what to pray for. In Romans 8.25 says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Jesus knows us. He knows every one of you. He knows that hurt. He knows that thing that you don't want anyone to know about you. He knows it and he loves you and he cares for you deeply. In the past year, I have seen Jesus intercede for me at work when the tasks are too great. I've, I have seen Jesus intercede for me when the unthinkable happened and I was told by my late husband's doctor that there was nothing else that could be done. I have seen Jesus intercede for me in relational impasses with friends and coworkers. I have seen Jesus intercede for me and my family and friends, for Sarah and Haley as we grieve the passing of their father. I see, inter I see Jesus interceding for all of us as he knits us together in family and community. At Redemption Tempe, I see Jesus interceding as he builds this church and all of you into a community of faith and love. You see, Jesus intercedes by helping you and me when your kids are sick, when the laundry or list of things to do is way too high, when you lose what you thought was the perfect job and you don't know what's next. He intercedes for us when, you, when you're betrayed by family or friends, when your husband is less than perfect, or your kids are just in an awful mood, Jesus is there with you. He's there with you when you think you can't go another day. He is there interceding for you. 
In 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. He knows you and he knows exactly what you're going through. And he can relate because he walked on the earth as we do. He loves you, he advocates for you, and he prays for you. Last week, I celebrated my birthday. And as I think of the best present that I received over the last year, I think of how Jesus has whispered into my ear over and over again, it's okay, I'm there with you. You see, the gift that he gave me in the last year was something that I really needed. I really needed to know that I could just simply ask and he would be there for me in every aspect of my life. And he is, and I can trust him. I can trust his leading. So I ask you tonight, will you admit to yourself that you need an intercessor and you can't do it all alone? Will you ask Jesus for his help, knowing that sometimes his help comes through people he's put in your life or around you? And third, will you accept him into your heart and follow his lead? Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Let's close in prayer. Dear God, I thank you. I thank you for each one of these women tonight. And God, as I think of you sending your son Jesus to die for our sins, I am overwhelmed. I know that I can come to him with my hurt, my pain, my hard things in life. And I just ask that you help each one of these women understand this, draw closer to this, and find community around them as they go through those hard times in their life too. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.